Good morning, everybody. Hope you're having a wonderful Tuesday morning. Wonderful to be coming to you again on the Two Peas on a Pod podcast. What a rainy, very rainy day it is today where we're at. We're in somewhere in the state of Kentucky and a very rainy day today, but we're coming to you again with another on the road interview and what a wonderful day it is to be coming to you today and uh, i tell you i'm just overjoyed to be here we've got a special guest very good friend of mine here today that's going to be talking to us here today we got a very relevant topic that's very near and dear to my heart and his as well that we're going to bring to you today and uh but i tell you just appreciate everybody that's been listening and uh, we've been getting uh, some pretty good feedback and emails, and some people have even been texting those that do have me or Zach's number. And uh, I'm not going to say my number on here, but if you do have our number for some reason um, or another, you can text us or uh, email us. Uh, we prefer the email, and that email, again, is 2Ps21 at yahoo.com. That's T-O-O-P-E-A-S-2-1 at yahoo.com. Give us your feedback, your thoughts criticism whatever we'll take it and uh but we're just going to jump into this interview today and uh we've got one of my good friends here brother nathan morris how you doing it's good to be with you today oh it's good to be here so glad to have you on the podcast and uh we're uh, both full-time evangelists both of us here together in the same spot at the same time it's a miracle and uh but we are somewhere in the state of kentucky don't you just love it when evangelists say that yeah, somewhere in the united states well i'll give you a clue we're in kentucky right now and uh but we're here and actually around the same spot here this morning and uh, i asked him if he wanted to join the podcast and uh, he's got some things on his heart and so we're um we're going to give it to him and just uh kind of jump but the the reason being for this particular episode is as full-time evangelist me and brother nathan both travel most of the year um, we both have a very big family. You've got, what, five kids, correct? And uh, and so I've got my fifth one on the way, and I told him years ago I was going to catch up. And uh, here we are, but uh, here in about a month or so. Um, but uh, we both evangelized, both got big families. and uh, But one thing that we've talked about um, regarding this podcast is something that we have both ran into um, evangelizing, going to churches all over the country, and that is spiritual warfare. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And that is spiritual warfare and the fact that the devil is the devil. And uh, he's on an all-out attack trying to get people to be lost, trying to get people to sin, trying to get people to give up. And I tell you, in this generation right now, the discouragement and the battles and the depression and the suicidal thoughts, it seems like it's ramped up more now than it has been in my 30 years of life that I've seen. And I know personally in my ministry, I have tackled and talked about these subjects more uh, as of the last year or two than I, I've really seen um, talked about. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And uh, I don't know how exactly he's going to start here, and then we'll just kind of make a dialogue of it. And uh, But we're going to turn it over to Brother Nathan. Well, I appreciate it, Brother Austin. And, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is um, the battle is real. And uh, it's a real battle we're fighting. It's a real battle we're engaged in. And um, I guess, first of all, my mind probably goes back to John 10.10, 10, 
where the Bible says the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And, um, you know, when you, when you break that down, you look at that word steal, it simply means to take something. Basically, you're taking something that's not rightfully yours. And uh, one of the first things the enemy tries to do is take what God gives us. And um, he tries to steal, kill, and to destroy. In other words, to deprive us of life, to put an end to what God's done in our life or doing in our life. Uh, basically, to this, that word destroy, to, to shred. In other words, he doesn't just do it easily. Anything he can to shred us apart, to break us down. Right. You know, uh, just the, the mental battle of, you know, where people's dealing with being broke down mentally. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. And uh, I tell you, people are dealing with things that's just unbelievable. One thing as an evangelist, um, when you go in a church that always just just boggles my mind, is you can go in a church where you've not known anybody. Sometime we preach a revival, never been there. And you, you go in the crowd and you don't know nobody. The pastor's not told you anything. Um, I, I, don't, I don't like when people just tell me everything. I, I just want to feel after the Lord and let the Lord get all the glory just it, all, there's so many stories and so many problems and so many issues and a crowd of you know anywhere i've often said preaching if you get two people together somebody's got a problem somebody's got an issue and so this is one thing i want to address on this podcast and the main thing is the devil wants us to think that we just need to lay down and die and uh, i don't want the audience to fall out with me here but i'm gonna make a quick sports reference and that is you can have an awesome defense, whatever sport it is. You can have an awesome defense, but you're still going to lose the game more than likely. It takes offense. you got to fight back. It takes offense. And the whole point of this podcast is by the, by the end of this, I want somebody that's listening to know that God has equipped us with what we need to fight back. That's right, Brother Austin. And um – I quoted the first part of that verse in John 10, 10, but the latter part of it says it like this. I'm glad the Lord doesn't leave us hanging in the balance. Oh, yes. The Bible said, Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundant, abundantly. So when, when the enemy's coming to steal, kill, and destroy, God's coming to heal, to seal, and to ploy. Amen. The devil tries to tear us down, but God's always trying to build us back up. And um, one of the questions that, that seems to arise in this day and hour is, how, how is it, Brother Morris, that as Christians, we are expected to withstand incredible pressures and not be defeated? How, how do we handle uh, these everyday uh, trials that we are dealing with and uh, when we feel helpless or hurt or afraid or desperate or sick or frustrated, people uh, fighting anxiety? You know, how do we deal with these? How do we how do we come back with an attack when we when we feel mentally broke down? Maybe you've lost your job or, or maybe you're trying to deal with an impossible uh, seemingly decision that you need to make. Uh, how do we stand up against everything the world has to throw at us and everything the devil flings our way and still expect to emerge victorious? And uh, Brother Austin, I just feel like what's in my heart, the answer lies not in ourselves, but it lies in the divine and unbeatable defense of Jesus Christ. And uh, I believe Ephesians 6 gives us that defense we need, which is the armor of God. Right. 
and I may read that right here. Uh, Bible says it like this. I mean, I love the scripture because the scripture in itself is powerful. Right. The apostle said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In other words, the tricks, the, 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 the snares of the enemy. Uh, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And it says it like this, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. In other words, you can't just put half of it on and expect to be victorious. He says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And he says, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And he says, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith we sh ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And he ends in verse 17, he says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so Paul basically sets the scene for us he basically lets us know we're, we're fighting a war. We are engaged in this battle. And the stakes are higher than they've ever been in human history. And Paul realizes that Satan hates us because we bear the image of God. Your very existence is an unending reminder that God is everywhere. And that you're part of God's winning strategy in destroying Satan. <clears throat> So another scripture that comes to my mind is really the the launching pad of this topic, and that is in Second Corinthians chapter number ten, and verse four. And uh, many, most preachers have preached from this text. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That that part right there is amazing. Our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. And the question comes to mind uh, to maybe a young person and uh, man, this fellowship hall is ringing. I, forgive me, I can't do nothing about that. And uh, But the question comes to mind to a young person that's dealing with fear and anxiety and suicidal thoughts to somebody like you said that's going through situations that just feel unbearable to somebody that's got just mind battles fighting real bad to somebody that... Uh, you know, just struggling um, spiritually. What are our weapons? What are the weapons? Uh, you, you see, you go into the battle if you don't have a weapon. Obviously, you're not going to make it out. And so in this Christian life, God has not put us in this life where the devil is going to try everything he can to do for us not to make it. Because the back of the book said he's going to be tormented day and night forever endeavor and so he he already he knows the bible he knows scripture he wants us to be with him it's really that simple he wants everybody to go into eternity to suffer with him and so he's going to go all out attack on everybody he knows your weakness he knows what to come at you with so how do you fight back what weapons do you have what what in the world has god has god equipped us do, do we have an arsenal that we can open up and grab weapons? Well, we obviously, a, a gun can't do it. A grenade can't do it. Uh, you know, dangerous gases can't do it. None, none of the weapons of this world can do it. 
And so what, what has God given us to just be able to make it? Well, I like, I like the verse there you just read. Um, if you notice what Paul, the way he says it, he says, for the weapons. And uh, I looked at that word. The word that he uses there is plural, yep. weapons, meaning exactly. that there's more than just one weapon to be yep. used in this spiritual battle that we're engaged in. And the weapons we fight with, they're not carnal weapons. You know, we're not to fight in our own strength because in our own strength, we cannot win this war. We have to fight in the strength and power of the Holy Ghost. And, uh, you know, verse five there, if you go into verse five, it says casting down imaginations, this battle in the mind, these, 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 these thoughts that the enemy places in our mind at times. Uh, if we don't take control and cast these thoughts down, they can bring us down. But uh, I was, you know, God's given us the power and the authority through the power of the Holy Ghost to cast down these imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Uh, bringing into captivity uh, to the obedience of Christ. And so we have to ask ourselves, what things are exalting themselves? What are things that are, you know, uh, in our mind that's, that's overwhelming us and, and trying to pull us down? You know, uh, could it be fear? Could it be anger or doubt or, or trauma? Uh, maybe bad memories that somebody has in their past uh, or, or guilt or shame or unforgiveness, bitterness, worry, depression. Remember, I, I like to say it like this. If God didn't give it to you to bless you, Satan's probably using it to hurt you. And therefore, we must cast down these thoughts that pull us down in the name of Jesus. And, and you ask, so, so what weapons do we use? And, and really, one of the first things that my mind goes to as one of the first weapons I think that we use is stated in Ephesians six seventeen. Notice he said, and the sword of the spirit, right. which is the word of God. And so it's the word of God. Number one, the word of God is a great weapon that we have to combat uh, this, this enemy uh, that, that, that we are fighting with. You know, this is a defensive weapon we read about right here in Paul's passage uh, on dealing with the whole armor of God. Uh, and if you go to Matthew chapter 4, Brother Austin, we find even Jesus himself, while he was there in the desert, um, Satan came to tempt him. Uh, the Bible says it like this in, in Matthew 4 and verse 1 said, Jesus was led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. When the tempter came to him, notice what the, the devil does to Jesus. He says, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Well, but Jesus answered and says it like this. He says, it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of god that's right and and so you know jesus begins to show us <clears throat> and instruct us that we must use the word to combat the devil but but listen using the word to fight the devil don't mean the devil's going to quit after the first attempt notice the devil comes back he takes yep. him up to that holy city sets him on that pinnacle of the temple and he says it like this, if thou be the son of God, let me stop right there. The devil is asking Jesus, if thou be the son of God, the devil already knows that he yeah. is the son of God, you know, and uh, he, he, he basically is, is trying him. If, if right. you are who you say you are, then he says, cast thyself down. 
He said, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. And notice what Jesus says in verse 7. He says, it is written again. Again. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He is using scripture to combat the attack of the enemy. And, uh, you know, it goes on right here. And I'll try to get get out here real quick and let you say something here he says the devil taketh him up to an exceeding high mountain shows him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and, and the devil he has he tells jesus he says all these things will i give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me in other words how do you offer somebody that's already owns it all he's offering yeah, him that's right. what's already christ anyways and and jesus says i like this in verse 10 he says get thee hence satan for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only yeah. shalt thou serve. In other words, Satan at times, using scripture to tempt Jesus, twisted the meaning of it, but Jesus came back at him each time using scripture, and I like it like this, in its proper context to defeat the devil. And what happened? When he used scripture in the proper context, Satan fled for a season. And Brother Austin, listen, we will not defeat Satan by reasoning with him. We will not defeat Satan by negotiating with him. We will not defeat Satan by just telling him, get out. We defeat Satan by using the weapons of warfare that are mighty through God. And one must realize the word of God is powerful. That is exactly right. And those are some of the scriptures that I was uh, looking at. Um, exactly there and that is the word of God the word of God there's you can't stress it enough you got to read the word of God if you don't read the word of God then how can you use scripture because there's times so many times in prayer that I've been in prayer and God just scripture just comes a flowing because you've read the word of God you can right. use the scripture one of the best things I've ever done in my whole life and uh, I went to my father-in-law, which is my pastor, and uh, I told him, I said, I feel like the Lord's calling me to preach. And uh, one of the best advice he ever, he, that you could give a young preacher or a young man that's trying to preach, he said, have you read the Bible all the way through? And honestly, I, I was pretty sure I had, but I couldn't say that I'd started in Genesis and read all the way to Revelation. I was pretty sure that I've read all the scripture, but... It had jumped around for years. I never just took the time to do that. And so that's what I did. I went, I went straight just the next day or that evening or whatever, and I started in Genesis chapter 1, and I read all the way to the back of Revelation. That's one of the best things I've ever done in my life was to just take the time and read the Word of God. And that's just not because you need to be a young preacher. Right. I challenge yeah. any Christian, I challenge anybody, that's listening to this podcast right here. If you've never read the Bible all the way through, it will change your life. And then when you read it all the way through, start over and do it again. Right. And again, do it the rest of your life. And uh, I, I, I just finished the Bible all the way through another time. And now I'm starting again another time. I don't ever want to quit starting right. to read the Bible over and over. And, of course, I do devotion. You know, you do uh, – we study, of course, preachers and things. You know, we'll spend a whole day studying one verse. And, uh, but taking your time to read the Bible, use Scripture. 
that is uh, just that's a weapon that God has given us. Right. And so I want to move on from there. At weapons. You stated weapons were plural. And so as we move on through this podcast, there's some more weapons that God has given us. And I don't know exactly uh, uh, what way you want to go this, but in my notes here, we talked about the weapon of power. That is the word of God. There's also something called the weapon of prayer. Right. The weapon of prayer that God has given us and that we can pray. We can pray through. We can ask God for help. There's power in prayer. And uh, you you just look through the Bible. There are so many different examples um, about people that prayed and God God just moved. You know, Hannah prayed for a boy. Hannah prayed. God gave her Samuel. David prayed about Ziglag. God said pursue, and he recovered all. Elijah prayed at the altar, and God sent fire. Daniel prayed about the law, and God shut the lion's mouth. He prayed against the law, and God shut the lion's mouth. Jonah prayed inside the whale, and God had the fish spit him out. And so prayer works. There's power in prayer. There's a direct line. My wife sings that song so often about there's power in prayer. It's a direct line to the throne room. Right. And, uh, you know, I don't think we can even put enough emphasis on the power of prayer because prayer is powerful. And, uh, you know, Ephesians six eighteen, it said it like this, praying always with all prayer exactly. and supplication. Yes. And, and notice what the last part of this says, in the spirit. You know, it, it says prayer and supplication in the spirit. We aren't praying just with our mind. We aren't praying with just our own intelligence. We, we are, uh, are to be praying in the power of the Holy Ghost, in the spirit. The Bible says in Psalms 145 and 18, the Lord is nigh unto them that call upon him to all that call up him, upon him in truth. And so, you know, prayer is the great, a great weapon that we have to combat the enemy with. Number one, prayer makes God's presence real. When you start praying, you'll start feeling the touch of God. Prayer makes God's power felt. Prayer makes God's will clear. Prayer makes God's service easy. Prayer makes God's blessings available. And, uh, you know, quick thought here. There was a time when, when God had, uh, you know, uh, put us in another uh, uh, what, part of our life ministry-wise. And uh, I remember, Brother Austin, there was a time when <clears throat> I was trying to get my landscape business going and, and uh, you know, it was slow, you know. And, and we got down, you know, I, I kind of said it like this. We, we kind of got down the rain and noodles in the cabinet, you know, and uh, it didn't have a whole lot coming in. And, uh, you know, Raymond noodles are pretty good for a little while, but after a few days, you know, you kind of miss your cinnamon toast crunch and your, right. you know, your, your pancake mix and stuff like that. And I remember, I remember, you know, I kind of, I could have probably maybe went to one of our parents and just maybe asked for a little help until I got on my feet. But I remember what I did. I, I went and I, um, I went to my room and I, I buried my head in that old little blue love seat I had. And, um, I began to talk to the Lord and I began to pray about it. And uh, nobody knew nothing, nobody, but me and my wife and the Lord. And uh, I remember praying, I believe it, if, I, if I ain't mistaken, it was on a Friday evening, I was praying. 
And I was just, I was just pouring my heart out to the Lord, letting him know, Lord, you've put us here. This is where you've sent us. And I'm trying to get on my feet, do the best I know to do. And business ain't coming in yet like I need it to. And you know where we're at, you know, in the, in the pantry and, and brother Austin, you know, I, I prayed, felt the touch of God while I was talking to him. And, uh, come Sunday that night after church, I remember my phone rang and, uh, it was an individual that probably lived an hour and a half away or so. <clears throat> And said, Brother Morris, uh, could you meet us down at the church? And uh, I said, sure. I, I thought they was just needing to talk or, you know, need to be encouraged or something. And I go down there and um, him and his wife pull up. And uh, he got out of the car. And I remember he said, he said, Brother Morris, there was a sister that was praying at the church yesterday morning. And said, God laid you and your family on her heart and uh, felt like. The church needed to help you all. And uh, again, nobody knew nothing, Brother Austin. But uh, he said, we felt like buying groceries for you and your family. Wow. And uh, I'm telling you what, he popped that trunk. And uh, I'm telling you, no. And I stood there in awe because I knew that I hadn't told nobody. Nobody knew. But the power of prayer works. That's right. You know, and, and, and I went to the Heavenly Father. Amen. And he heard my, my cry. He saw where we were. He saw our desire to do the best we knew to do. But he knew we was being hindered, you know, to, to, to get done what we needed to get done. And uh, God lays it on another individual that's praying. And, and, and God works all that out. I'm telling you, I drove home that night. I, I, I told my wife, I said, you ain't going to believe this. I said, we've got food. And I told her everything that happened, you know, and on top of that, Brother Austin, they, they, they handed me a love offering, said they felt like God dealt with them, give me that love offering. And only the Lord knew what financial uh, state we was at at that point. And it was just enough to meet the very need that we had. So That's I'm going to awesome. tell you, prayer works and it is powerful. And I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say this verse right here. The Bible said in Matthew 6, Jesus said, but when thou prayest, Enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy father which seeth in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Right. There is a place that we need to learn to get to and just talk to God, and it is a great weapon that we can use to fight the enemy. That is exactly right. That's an awesome story, and uh, I tell you, there's power in prayer, and we could talk for hours about the power that's in prayer and just stories that we've know we've heard that God has moved and blessed. And uh, one thing I really wanted to do this episode um, about this topic is that we are living in the busiest time. It's just unbelievable how busy people are. And I was uh, I was at the stoplight the other day. You know how it is. If you wait too long, somebody gonna honk at you. Well, brother, I was disturbed. Brother Nathan, because, you know, if somebody sits there on their phone for, you know, maybe five to ten seconds, I might honk at them, too, just say, hey, you know, come on, let's go. And uh, But I promise you, Brother Nathan, I looked at my wife, that, that, that stoplight just turned green like a second ago. I mean, I was looking at it, it just turned green, and they honked at me. And I told my wife, I was like, are we that busy that you can't wait once? I mean, it just turned green. And I hadn't took, I hadn't, you know, took my foot off the uh, brake to go. And uh, I thought, we're that busy. And what it is, we're so busy that instead of praying, oh, you need to cut that grass. Instead of praying, 
you need to uh, you need to finish your your homework. Instead of praying, you need to go and do uh, uh, this work for your job. Instead of praying, instead of praying, instead of reading your Bible, we're living in a busy time, and the devil's taken that and he's taken away prayer. He's taken away people's time right. to read the Bible. And, uh, and we was talking about it before we got started, but right now it seems like there's such an attack on the men of the household because that's how God intended it. God, yeah. and this might, this, might, this might be controversial um, to some folks, but it ain't to me because it's the word of God. He put the man first and right all the way in the beginning, he made Adam first. And uh, we could branch out and go into a lot more Bible about that, but we don't have time and that's not the topic, but man is the head of the house, and so the devil's doing everything he can to attack the head of the house, and so if he can get the dad and the husband and the man of the house to quit praying and quit reading his Bible, then the family is almost sure to follow, not all the time, but a lot of times I have seen that where either the, the mom and the kids come to church alone, but also I've seen so many times, I could tell you countless families I can think of that I've told you where the dad started, then the mom went, and then the kids went, and the whole family's gone because the devil attacked the man of the house. There's an all-out attack for time, right. but we need to take time and pray. We need to take time and read the Word of God. And if you're dealing with fear, I've testified about it on here before. My wife had fear and anxiety like crazy, pastor's daughter in a pastor's home, and she's testified about it all over the place, how God delivered her. In uh, God delivered her in our house. We had just gotten married, been married about a year. God delivered her in our house. Why? Because she said, I got tired of living this way. And she read the scripture and she got her face in prayer. Right. That's what done it. That was the weapon she used. That's how she got out of her situation. That's how she combated the enemy. That's how she made it through spiritual warfare. And uh, I want to say this uh, regarding the weapon of prayer. And then I got one more weapon I want to talk about. And uh, we're going to wrap this up. Um, but several years ago, um, the Lord had called us to evangelize. And, uh, and I'm going to turn this right back to you. And uh, I want to talk about this last weapon. And uh, a few years ago, um, we was uh, wanting to evangelize. And God called us to evangelize. He knew it. And uh, I prayed through. The Lord spoke to me. I told my pastor. We was all in agreement. We all knew. There was one thing I, I tell anybody, um, and, and I heard this from Brother Steve Gentry, preach at minister's meeting. He said, if you're out praying your pastor, you're praying too much. One of the best things I've ever heard. And so I, I promised my pastor, I said, I'll never buy a truck and fifth wheel and pull off this lot until we both know it's the will of God. So that's what I did. No feather in my cap. But I, I wanted to be in the will of God. This is not something... I think we can both agree this is not something you do unless you're called. And, uh, and so that's what we did. But I needed to sell my house. I, I didn't feel like I wanted to keep that house. I felt like the Lord had moved on me to buy a truck and fifth wheel. And uh, I didn't feel like we was going to be coming home enough to, to have a house. That was how our ministry was going to be set up. And so I began to pray and begin to pray and begin to pray. And uh, so I did like anybody. I went outside, put a for sale sign in the front yard. You may remember this story. Went and put a for sale sign in the front yard, and I prayed over it and said, Lord, it's all yours. And uh, for sale by owner, and I was going to take care of it. There's a young couple in my church that wanted to buy it, but they're 19 years old. He's given me the green light to say this, but they just, uh, the finances and the credit history, they just, they, they kind of laughed at them. It just ain't going to happen. And so I was kind of discouraged. I thought, well, I don't know what to do, but God, you know all about it. God, you know all about it. And at that very time, we was going into revival there at the home church with you. 
Brother Nathan Morris was coming. And, uh, and I, you know, we're friends. We, we've been friends for several years. And, uh, and I remember being in that revival. And then uh, I was sitting over on the second, second pew, probably usually where I sit when I'm home. And, uh, and I remember one night you looked over at me and you gave me them eyes. And uh, when, when I see Nathan, Brother Nathan's eyes, I know the Lord's about to do something. And uh, you looked over at me with them, with them eyes like you did and you pointed at me right in front of the whole church. And you said that the Lord said that he's got the road paved, but you got to wait on him. And I remember that, and I knew that was the Lord. I knew you would. I know you well enough to know you'd never say that unless it was the Lord. I got a lot of confidence in Brother Nathan here, and uh, and, and and I didn't know. I didn't really know what that meant, honestly. I thought I was waiting on him. I couldn't do nothing without selling my house. But God was wanting to do something. So then, a couple of days later, uh, my father-in-law called me. He said, "I've been awake half the night." He said, "The Lord's moved on me, and He wants me to tell you." He wants you to take that for sale sign out of your yard and trust him. So two men of God in about a week's time tells me I need to wait. So I went outside and I, God, I don't understand. How do you sell a house that ain't for sale? Honestly, how do you sell a house that is not for sale? But I trust the men of God. I trust the Lord. And I know that the Lord moved on you and Brother Kurt to tell me that. So I went and yanked the sign out of the yard, threw it in my shed and I told my pastor, I sent him a little video clip on the phone. I said, here it is. It's gone. Lord, I trust you. And it wasn't very much later, that same young couple that the bank said it won't happen. The banker called and said, I've made it happen. And they bought my house. And uh, I tell you, that's the power right. of prayer. There's power in prayer. There's power in the word of God. And lastly, um, I said that to say that these men of God prayed about it, and there's power in prayer. We can combat the enemy with the power that's in prayer. Right. And this last weapon I want to, I want you to talk about, Brother Nathan, here. I don't know what else you got. Is there is a weapon of praise. That's right. There's a weapon of praise and worship. And, and actually, um, my mind goes to Second Chronicles chapter 20 when Jehoshaphat was surrounded by the enemy and uh, fear had gripped his heart. Um, you know, but the very first thing that Joseph Jehoshaphat did, as any great leader should do, he called a prayer assembly and a fast. And um, it was during that prayer that God gave the battle plans and assured them that they wouldn't need to fight in this battle because God was going to go before them and defeat the enemy. And so uh, the Lord begins to instruct him and 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 move and and show him what 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 he wants to happen. And what the Lord wanted to do on this particular battle, he wanted them to get their singers on the front lines. In other words, you know, that, that don't even make sense, really, uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the natural mind. But the Bible said in verse 20, he consulted with the people and he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. And to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing praise... The Bible said the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, which Judah represents praise itself, you know. And the Bible said they were smitten. So worship is a very powerful weapon coupled with the word, coupled with, you know, um, uh, prayer and you combine these together they, they become very effective and 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 taking ground back that the devil stole 
And, and, and you know, Brother Austin, if, if we could just somehow learn how to turn our worry into worship. That's right. I believe that we would watch God turn our battles into blessings. And, uh, you know, worship is action. Worship is not being lazy. Worship right. is doing something. It takes work. That's right. You know, when you're down and you're discouraged, listen, you don't feel like running around the church five times. Long, no. You know, but that, that's where Hebrews 13, 15 comes in. It says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice, sacrifice. of praise right. to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. That we praise, we are to praise God not only in the good times, but in the bad. And I've learned, and, and I'm still learning, I haven't arrived there yet. Yeah, there's days we get hit. You know, we get pressed down and you just don't, you know, you feel, man. But you have to, yeah. you have to make yourself get your mind wrapped around that, that, that worship and begin to thank God for who he is. Begin to thank God for all the times he's moved. And I'm telling you, it, it, don't, it never fails. When you start thanking God for who he is and what he's already done in your life and, and the roads that he's paid for you. I'm going to tell you, it ain't long till you start feeling something stir exactly. on the inside. And guess what? It, it builds confidence in your spirit. Now, all of a sudden, you feel like getting up and doing something. You feel like taking on right. the attack, you know, and praise. Praise must be personal. Nobody can do that for you. You have to do that for yourself. Right. And it, it not only can, it has to be perf- personal, but it's got to be real. It's got to be alive. And it's got to be instantaneous from the inside. Because praise elevates us into God's presence and God's power. That is right. And the thought that comes to mind is we can take Jericho. We can overtake Jericho. But you might want to take a trip back to Gilgal first. If you'll remember, if you, if you come to Jericho... And you worry looking at the walls and you don't know how you're going to make it. You don't know how you're going to get through the battle. Why don't you just take a trip a few miles back to Gilgal. Where, what's Gilgal? That's where the stones are. That's where the memorial's at. That memorial's the one that those stones were placed to remind them. He brought us through the Jordan. He brought us through the river. And if you'll remember Gilgal, it ain't that hard to think that he can take care of Jericho. And, uh, you know, it is the praise. They made praise before the wall fell. I know we've preached that, but it it, it never gets old to me. They praised, they shouted, and then the wall fell. Right. Amen. And uh, I tell you, the wall can still fall right now if we'll praise. And we're going to end this right here. But there's a song that really comes to mind. And, Brother Nathan, I've heard you sing it countless times over the years. This is one of my favorite songs right here. But uh, one of this verse says, I got joy in my soul. God is still in control. I got Satan on my trail. Ain't, right. ain't that exactly right where we're at? Right. I got Satan on my trail. But I'm, but I'm singing, singing all as well. He's attacking. Every day. Every day. But I'm, I'm watching. While I pray. Oh, yes. No matter the attack, I won't turn back. This is what we need to say. This means war. Right. This is what we might title this here. This means war. This means war. Don't lay down. Don't fight. Don't just give up, but fight. But fight. Don't be lazy, but work, but fight. And it says, I've been in the storm and in the rain, but the blood remains the same. Still the same. Whatever's going on. My war clothes are on. I might be in a daze, but, but you can't have my praise. Ain't it, this is all the weapons we've been talking right, about, right? Sure. You can't have my praise. No matter the attack, I won't turn back. This means war. And right. then the song goes on to say, I plead, 
I plead the blood. the blood. Then the tag, this is where I want to end right here. And then the tag says, you can't have my family. Right. You can't have my increase. You can't have my breakthrough. You can't, you can't, you can't. You can't have it. You can't right. have it. I'll just end with this too. I thought about that little uh, article I read. It said the Duke of Wellington said that the British soldiers who fought at the Battle of Waterloo uh, were not necessarily braver than Napoleon's soldiers, but that they were only braver five minutes longer. That's what made the difference between victory and defeat. Sometimes just a few more minutes of prayer, a few more minutes of praise, or reading the word or fasting could be what determines between victory and defeat. That is exactly right. And we hope you've enjoyed this episode here with Brother Nathan Morris. Thank you for coming, brother. We sure appreciate the words you've given us today and everything you had to say. You can make it. Just declare war. Fight back. You can make it. We'll see you later. In this race of life I've run, the Lord says to me, my child, well done. There will be no regrets for me. I'll be living